music, entertainment, forces life. The forces station. This is Team Talk. Hello and welcome to Team Talk. I'm Charlie. And I'm Jill. The world is in various states of lockdown, but we've all made it to December and, of course, to the final episode of the series. But don't worry, we'll be going out on a bang today with a full show ahead of us. First, you'll come and catch up with me in the Falkland Islands, hearing more about how this tiny piece of land has combated COVID, before hearing from the Hells Fells team in Yorkshire. Plus, of course, we're due some family time. We're joined by mum and daughter duo Leanne and May, who talk us through their lockdown life, and an exclusive interview with SAS operator turned author, TV star, and Everest summiteer, Jay Morton. So, for the final time for this series, let's get started. Each week we kick things off by hearing an alternative take on the pandemic experience, maybe an untold story or an unusual location. This week we're joining Team Talk's Charlie in the Falkland Islands. BF, BS. Team Talk. This is my station. This is the Forces Station. The Falkland Islands are over 8,000 miles away from the UK and can sometimes feel quite isolated. So let me take you back to March 2020. A number of cases of COVID had been found in the Falklands. Mount Pleasant Complex, known as MPC, was locked down and all personnel were told to isolate. Flight Lieutenant Pete Shepherd was here at the time. It was so strange. It had gone from social. Dinners would be the most social place. You'd be having dinner with 10 people on a table. And then it was cold to two people on a table, opposite ends. It was so isolating in the sense that that kind of time was taken away from you. In the UK, obviously, you could still go to shops, but we had nothing. We People had things taken away from them that they needed, I think. You go from having this amazing social interaction every day with everyone, becoming really good friends and talking and hanging out and getting to know people on a non-work level, and then that's just taken away. So you never see anyone after that. I think it... It severely affected everyone. I think everyone just had to keep a positive mindset. A lot of people, I think, definitely struggled because they were isolated to their room. And I think it got a lot of people quite stressed and quite down at some points, but I think everyone managed to pull through. I think everyone, when I was out there, was really, really positive about it because obviously being on lockdown is bad enough, but being locked on camp, we couldn't even leave NPC. Ian Hart is the family's officer here at Mount Pleasant Complex. We've heard from Pete of how life changed for the unaccompanied personnel, but what was it like for the families in such a close-knit community? I think it was a shock to the system for most families. I mean, we could see it coming and we had the benefit of time. But when we moved to to a lockdown, when the outbreak happened, families were restricted to their SFA and a lot of restrictions were put in place. And obviously your children, how did they cope with it? Because it's, it's, it not only was new for us, but it was hard for the little ones to understand. Yeah, it, it was. They um, all of a sudden didn't understand why they couldn't play with their friends. And that was, that was a really hard barrier to get across. Obviously, we closed the school, so they couldn't go to school with their friends either. But the school was very good at giving them their educational packs, which brought a bit of normality back to life because it is a real tight community here in the Falklands and there aren't that many families here and you're saying that that obviously they couldn't see their friends some of which are literally in the house next door and they can almost see them but they're out of reach yeah absolutely we've got 71 houses in total here at Biffside 
we weren't actually restricted into the house but you could go out in the street but then not interact which is even more difficult for the children. And obviously being the family's officer it was a tough job for you to be able to to get everything all that information out. We ran Easter window competitions because we couldn't do anything like that. We put some individual orienteering out for the kids to get them out and about and exercising. We distributed film night packages, did some uh, welfare pack drops and from from this office we did some uh, mental health promotions and ideas for people to keep their mental health up across the board. So that's what life was like in MPC, the main military base, but we also have three mountain sites, two of which are mainly accessed by helicopter. Sergeant Chris Cochrane is the adjutant at Mount Kent. And for a tour here in the Falklands at a mountain site, it's isolation anyway. So how do you prepare yourself to be in a small bubble away from the rest of the population? Being in the military, regardless of branch, we, we tend to work closely with a number of personnel. And I know this is going to sound absolutely cliched, but, you know, at the mountain sites, it is like a family. That's what we do. And people just uh, generally sort of slot into that quite well. And it is quite a unique environment up here and at the other mountain sites as well. And sometimes it's slightly different maybe this time because people have been isolated at home, people have been locked down, and then to come away and it almost happen again. Yeah, but the other side of the argument is that, you know, you could have individuals who back at their home unit have been isolating by themselves in single living accommodation. So in some cases, it might actually be a relief to come up and and be able to interact with people who, you know, for the last uh, eight months have been locked down. So, you know, there's two sides to the coin. It it could be perceived as, you know, making that situation worse or it could remedy a situation. It's interesting being here and and watching the news about what's going back home, and and of course that you know that can cause worrying people. You know, I've got family, extended family who don't keep too well either, and you know you do worry about them. So, but yeah, we're quite fortunate up here that you know we're free from it just now. BFBS, the forces station. This is Team Talk. It's so interesting to hear how people are getting on in different parts of the world and how their experience of COVID-19 and quarantine and self-isolation can be so different from your own. Charlie, thanks for that report. Um, There are now a handful of cases actually in the Falklands, aren't there? There is, and it literally is the handful of cases, but we've been really lucky. We have really strict quarantine here, and those cases have been picked up during routine testing. Because they're in quarantine, they are isolated, so it hasn't spread We are aware of it and we're all just being really, really careful. So what's morale like now? Because actually compared to a lot of the places in the world at the moment, you do have quite a lot of freedom. We are really lucky here and we realise that we're really lucky. We are still maintaining our hands washing. We're trying to keep ourselves safe. We've always got that mindset that it could, you know, come back and it could spread. But we are really lucky. We are able to socialise. It does feel fairly normal here. The Falklands is so far away from home. It can feel quite isolated. But at the moment, it feels really great to be able to go and socialise with your friends go for that walk, go to the gym. And, you know, we don't take that for granted. We're embracing it while we have it. This is BFBS Team Talk. The Forces Station. Thanks to Charlie there. Great insights into pandemic life on the Falkland Islands. And glad to hear she's making the most of being able to roam free. Now, speaking of roaming free and enjoying the great outdoors, this week's lockdown victory comes from an army veteran who's extremely passionate about supporting those in need. Team Talk reporter Adam Powney has more. Initially, I joined the Junior Leaders Regiment in Bovington. I was set on a career course to be a 
tank soldier. While I was there, they worked out I was quite good at maths. I didn't even know I was. <laughs> and once they worked that out, uh, I was invited to join the Army Air Corps. Veteran Brian Capstick. His career in the Army saw him deploy to Bosnia, Northern Ireland, Iraq and even Yemen. Now, since leaving the military, he's pretty much carried on, but in the counter-terrorism world as a civvy. I was fortunate. That's the first thing to recognise. When I left the Army, there were considerable opportunities to continue doing what I was already doing, but as a civilian and doing it in the Middle East. So my transition to civilian life really was taking off my uniform, putting on civilians and continuing doing what I was doing back up in Iraq and Afghanistan. He spent nine years doing that post-military. Now, speaking with Brian, you get a real sense of his passion for the transition. For a largest part of my career, the Army Air Corps was a support arm. But we wouldn't think twice about jumping on an aircraft and flying into a world of pain to evacuate somebody who'd got themselves, or, or a call sign that had got themselves in a mess. And I still say that today that shouldn't change in civilian life. And it doesn't for the majority of, of veterans. You know, if somebody's struggling, let's get into the fight and let's help them. We can draw parallels between the transition to civilian life to the lockdowns we all faced with COVID, the sudden isolation, the need to adapt to this new normal. And Brian has been helping veterans, their families and those of service personnel up in Yorkshire. As lockdown came on in March... We kind of had a separation. There were some families that did really well. They were able to adapt to it and they were able to cope that things had slowed down. They were able to catch up and, and recalibrate their thoughts. So let's not say that lockdown was bad for everybody. There were a good number of previously chaotic families that, that found lockdown the breathing space they needed to recalibrate. But at the same time, we had a, a large number of people that we were supporting that social isolation was becoming normalised. So for a number of years now, we've run Hell's Fells, which is a, a small festival. The week before that, have some form of adventure training. I always had a gut feeling that we would be able to squeeze Hell's Fells in somewhere. I've no shortage of space for people to social distance. I constantly reassured from March that we were going to find a way to have Hell's Fells. People need hope. The feedback I've heard has been amazing. But what kind of things did they do? So we had everything from pony trekking to sailing, mountain bike riding, hill walking. Ironically, the most popular event throughout the week was gill scrambling. Just taking the kids up the gills of the fell and letting them be kids slide down waterfalls and jump into plunge pools because the Covid situation, the pressures on the families and everything else that was going on in the lives were forgotten. There were kids there from families that are doing really well in life. There were also kids there that aren't and you couldn't tell them apart in the time that they were carrying out the activities. And for me, that is the essence of what we're trying to achieve. This is BFBS Team Talk. Team Talk. Yes, we are.
the Forces Station. Veteran Brian Capstick there on the triumph of 2020's Hellsfells Adventure Training Festival, which took place in the summer, getting cooped up youngsters out there into the fresh air. Moving on now to the final family time of the series with Louise from Little Troopers. But before we do, if you're a budding young journalist or have kids at home, we have some exciting news. The Little Troopers Gazette is a new free newspaper written by and for military children, featuring crafty ideas, news, facts about the military community. It's a place where children and young people of the British Armed Forces can come together to share their experiences. To get your free winter edition of the Little Troopers Gazette posted through your letterbox, visit littletroopers.net. Now back to family time, this week with guests Leanne and May. Hi and welcome to Family Time. My name is Louise and I am the founder of the charity Little Troopers. We support the children and the families of our British Armed Forces. Charlie and I are here to have some family time with Leanne and May to learn about their pandemic experience. Welcome to Family Time, Leanne and May. Can you start by telling me a little bit about how your military family life started? Yep, so I met my husband um, in Huddersfield when I was studying at university. Um, We soon got married and then we moved down to Hampshire and flew out to Germany shortly after that. Wow, that sounds an awful lot in a very short amount of time. (laughs) And did you like Germany? I've done Germany, I loved it. Yeah, I loved every single minute of Germany. We miss it every single day. So taking it back a little bit, You know, are you from a military family or was meeting Sam your complete first taste of military life? (laughs) Yeah, so my dad was military as well um, and we lived in Fallingbostel when I was growing up. Um, And then mum decided that we should move to um, civvy life to stop the moving around with the schools. Um, And she didn't want me to marry a soldier. (laughs) Uh (laughs) That plan didn't work. No, didn't work. Both myself and my sister um, married soldiers, um, both Remy. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so I, I met Sam and that was it. We got married and and started our our military journey. You mentioned you moved to Germany and you loved the community aspect of it there. Yeah. Obviously, uh, you have a family now. Did did the family start in Germany? Um, We had May in Guildford um, in the June and then we moved out to Germany in the July and that's where I met you, Charlie. Yes, you did. (laughs) All of those years ago. (laughs) You did. So how long were you in Germany for? How long did that sort of chapter of your life end up being? So I think in total we were in Germany for just over eight years Um, and that's where I had uh, baby number two and baby number three. Um, (laughs) Interesting time, yeah. And then you ended up back in the UK... Is that where you decided to go married unaccompanied and settle in your own home? When we moved to Borden and then decided actually enough's enough. May's been in eight primary schools. We need to settle or the children need to go to boarding school. We decided that we would um, buy a house and be grown up. Um, And we moved into Stafford in the West Midlands because I was able to relocate my role at the time. And we were close to family. And yeah, we got on all right. But let's fast forward to early 2020, um, (laughs) pre-lockdown. So you've moved, you're settled, unaccompanied. Um, You know, you're doing your job in Whitehall and working for the MOD in London. Your husband is working and then lockdown hit. So talk us through sort of how that impacted you as a military family. 
Yeah, so just before lockdown, um, I was extremely, extremely poorly. Um, I had all the symptoms of coronavirus apart from the temperature. Prior to the lockdown, we were on the stage of if you had any of the symptoms, you had to self-isolate for seven days. As I was coming out of my seven days, they were like, actually, it's two weeks. So the seven days went to 14 days. And then as we were coming out of our 14-day isolation, Boris said no. The whole country's on lockdown. So just as I was celebrating my freedom, um, the entire country was locked down. So I was like, right, OK, this is all right. I'm going to have to really, really plan every single day. Um, so out came the whiteboards, the markers, the pens, the papers. So you've got four children, that's right. But I you have. Were homeschooling three. May's with you there. We've got May. She's 14. Hello. So May, lockdown's happened. Mum's talking homeschooling. How did you feel entering the lockdown? My school's just like, oh, so you need to come pick up all your books from school. You need some sort of technology where you can go onto an app called Sims where you can get your work off it, do it and then submit it back in. It was just mad, <laughs> say it the least. Mad. I had to run a tight ship because otherwise yeah. they'd have just walked all over me. So we all got up in the morning, went on May's, May's paper round. So that was our sort of fresh air and walk. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it was, right, we'll do a bit of Joe for a workout. And then it was, right, let's get on with the lessons now. So you were working from home, you were homeschooling. He was doing a really important job, you know, setting yeah. up the Nightingale Hospital and, you know, responding to COVID. Um, the kids were getting, you know, all their homeschooling done. That's a lot to juggle, isn't it? On top of the fact that we're in a global pandemic and there's a lot going on anyway. Yeah, it was. But like I say, like the main thing for us was around that structure um I said to the to the girls if they wanted a break they had two options they could either work towards a guiding badge as a break or, <laughs> or they could sew for the NHS so if they wanted a break from learning they had to pick up a different skill to cover an essence of learning that they wouldn't ordinarily do in school or in that school sort of setting. Mo you mentioned earlier that when you were talking to your friends that they were getting a lie-in yeah. you really weren't getting a lie-in what's this I hear about a 5am VE day evacuation oh. <laughs> yeah well I remember just waking up and I'm like oh great my alarm's going off I have to go on my paper round nope mum's running in in her dressing gown going quick we need to go and evacuate the house quick into the little shed Leif's little shed at the end of the garden come on I was like do you know what if I don't go I know I'm either A, going to regret it or B, mum's going to come back in with that alarm going, wake up, come on, we need to leave. <laughs> Leanne, you took homeschooling, you know, to such a creative level. You didn't just do lessons with your come dine with me, your Bletchley Circle stuff, your yeah. V day. You really did just absorb it. And, you know, you were juggling so much and to sort of be so creative. A lot of us got homeschooling fatigue, but it sounds like um, <laughs> you, you totally aced it. For me... Working in London, I leave at half five in the morning, I get home at 10 to seven at night. Um, so I do miss a lot of family time because of the job that I do. So I've really embraced, I've loved lockdown, I've seen my children, um, they're sick of the sight of me. <laughs> and it's absolutely amazing how you have managed to juggle those blurred boundaries of work, life, school, you know, working from home, husband away. It's absolutely amazing. Um, so I like to ask everyone one question. Yeah. What would be your tip to another military family about surviving a pandemic? 
for me, it's definitely um, embrace every single second you have with your children before they grow up um, and only want to know you for lifts or money. <laughs> now, did you enjoy the lockdown experience? Um, it was nice being able to see my family more because it felt like before the whole lockdown, it was only a few hours being able to talk to mum after she got back from work or talk to my sisters. And even if me and my sisters did talk, it might end in an argument so um during lockdown I feel like we've got the teeniest bit closer me and my siblings <laughs> finally can I ask both of you is there a song that's helped you both get through lockdown as a family do you know what I do remember one morning we played don't stop me now we were all dancing in the kitchen and we just powered through the day and before we knew it, it was like the end of the day <laughs> there we go maybe that's the one then <laughs> star leaping through the sky Defying the laws of gravity I'm a racing car Passing by like Lady Godiva I'm gonna go, go, go There's no stopping me I'm burning through the sky Two hundred degrees Just while they call me Mr. Fahrenheit I'm traveling at the speed of light I wanna make a supersonic man out of you May on their lockdown life and mum certainly knows how to run a tight ship but I think it sounds loads of fun you know what if school's shut again I might consider sending my kids to their house to be kept in check at the start of 2020 we had no idea our children would be missing months of school were you counting down the days until they could run back through the gates or did you enjoy the experience of teaching and wonder if your child will be better off learning at home even after lockdown this week for In The Know, I spoke to Louise Briggs, the Education and Childcare Advisor from the RAF Families Federation. She knows how hard it's been for families. Team Talk. The FBS. The Forces Station. I have two children, 11 and 14, and it was quite an adjustment, I have to say. Once we kind of got over the whole sharing of technology resources, who was having what space, who needed quiet at what point in the day, it was then a, a question of finding a way to motivate and help and get my own work done as well. It was certainly a bit of a challenge for all of us, wasn't it? Although most children in the UK are now back at school, in some parts of the forces world, home learning is far from over. The RAF Families Federation is now putting together a home learning guide for families overseas to help them find sources of support. Louise Fields for those stuck abroad. In this latest lockdown, my personal experience is we're having work done on the, the house that we live in and we've had to move into temporary accommodation. The kids are being asked for stuff that we just haven't got with us. So I'm sure that must have been the case for, for families overseas and things. It's just not having quite that full range of resources at your fingertips. Some locations around the world, they still don't have a, a projected opening date for schools either. You know, that's um, a real impact on our, our forces families. And I think they feel a, a sort of increasing sense of isolation being away from the UK, as well as, you know, continuing lockdown scenarios of varying degrees of uh, severity. 
some families um, also will be in the situation where they have children at boarding school in the UK, but are living overseas and facing greater complexity with moves in and out of the countries for holidays and visits. All three families' federations worked together on a positive project this year called Brighten Your Day, funded by the Annington Trust. People were invited to make requests to improve the lives of others in the military community. Lots of those were about helping the challenge of homeschooling children, keeping them occupied, keeping them learning. You know, people who didn't have webcams, things like that. Some were asking for homeschooling resources, books, um, magazines. Many parents will have been glad when schools reopened, but for some, lockdown learning might have ignited an interest in homeschooling. Our experiences up until COVID would probably be most frequently around families who are looking at it as a stopgap. So they're experiencing a particularly mobile period in their lives of of, of moving around and they're concerned about the impact that's having on child's education or perhaps moving overseas where the education isn't comparable. A lot of them would hopefully um, approach the Children's Education Advisory Service, part of Director of Children and Young People at the MOD, they can offer um, help and advice on on this as an option. Some parents will have discovered that that perhaps their child does prefer a home environment, that that actually they thrive more without the peer pressure that some children um, do find more more difficult to cope with than others. It's a huge commitment to educate your child long term. It'll be interesting to see if the experiences during COVID and the lockdown do increase the number of families who are considering this. Team Talk. BFBS. The Forces Station. Louise Briggs from the RAF Families Federation there on homeschooling. Now, just before we finish, here's Team Talk reporter Jess Bracey chatting to our last special guest of the series. So my name's Jay Morton. I'm an ex-Special Forces soldier. Since my time in the SAS, got into high-altitude mountaineering, a couple of successful summits of Mount Everest. Left the military two years ago, appeared on last season's SAS Who Dares Wins, and now just released a book called Soldier. What was that experience like going from the military to in the spotlight within quite a short space of time? Yeah, it was a, a big culture shock for me, especially coming from the Special Air Service where you remain within the shadows to go in on TV and people recognising you in, in Asda and Tesco's. Ultimately, deep down, I knew that it was the right decision to make. Now, looking back on your military career, what's the one thing that you took away from that in particular? Just the importance of hard work, the rewards you get from it, putting the hard work into passing Special Forces selection and the payoff that you get after that of being a Special Forces soldier and then being on operations. And obviously, the harder you work on operations, the better the results. Looking back on the last couple of months for 2020, how has the whole lockdown experience been for you personally? I enjoyed lockdown. I enjoyed the first lockdown. And yeah, there's there's a load of negative stuff that's attached to that. But essentially, I lived in my house for however many months it was. I've been given all this time, which I'd usually be out and being busy and doing things. I had this time to to work on myself and work on my fitness and my health. And I became closer to my family and friends just because of the situation that was going on. And, you know, I used that time to educate myself, read some books and listen to some podcasts. I felt like I achieved quite a lot during that time. And I think it's important that people look at it like that. And of course, you've been busy during this time putting together your book. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so Soldier Respect is Earned. So I wrote it during that first lockdown, which gave me something to really focus on. 
but the book isn't an autobiography and personally I didn't feel comfortable writing an autobiography most of those really juicy stories happened when I was serving in the SAS and that's not something that I wanted to come out with but this book is more a look into the 14 years of military and special forces experience and I came up with the, the seven characteristics that go into being an elite level soldier and you can take those characteristics and apply them to your everyday life whether it's if you play sport or whether it's in your job or whether it's just in your life as a whole and it's all about building that elite level mindset and uh, building an elite level life. So with that said, what's one of the, the best tips you can give us, especially during this time, looking at our own sort of personal development? The ones that stand out for me really are self and danger, understanding what kind of person you are, having some level of self-reflection. And then danger is all about just seeking out those things that you find hard or that generate fear. So that might just be speaking to a girl or speaking to a boy or going for a job interview of a job that you don't think that you're going to get. It's the same reaction in your body that I might get climbing Everest or in a contact. It's the same chemical reaction that your body goes through, putting yourself in uncomfortable positions, and you'll get the the best growth and benefit from that. I saw Tim Peake recently, like going into the supermarket and secretly signing some of the books. Like, have you you to do that at all? Yes, I'm going to do it. I'm I'm definitely going to do it. Leading up to Christmas, I'm just going to sneak into a few of the supermarkets get a friend to film it, whack some signatures in, say Merry Christmas or something and just, you know, put it on social media and it'd be a nice surprise for someone. BFBS, the forces station. This is Team Talk. Well, that's it for Series 2 of Team Talk here on BFBS and what a way to end. We got a glimpse of pandemic life on the Falkland Islands, caught up with the team behind Yorkshire's Hell's Fells Adventure Festival, met Leanne and May who shared their homeschooling experience and got some great advice from the RAF Families Federation on parent-led learning. Plus, of course, we chatted with SAS star Jay Morton. You can catch up on the last two series of Team Talk. That's a whopping 19 episodes. Just head to bfbs.com forward slash podcasts. Team Talk was produced by Sarah Baker and was a TBI media production for BFBS, made possible with the support from the Armed Forces Covenant Fund Trust. A special thanks to the off-air team who made it happen, Mario and Josella, and of course to our Team Talk reporters, Adam, Chris, Amy, Jess, Nikki and BFBS Gurkha Radio. Take care, we're sending you all the best for the rest of 2020. Take care. Bye.